Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. Tell us what we're doing here today. Well, for the first time today, we're going to <laughs> we're going to discuss the story of Sekiro. By which I mean, we're just going to give a synopsis of the story of Sekiro, so that when we discuss it later on, everyone knows what we're talking about. Excellent, and it goes hand in hand with what we've been doing so far with the games that we covered. Well, we let's not go back there. <laughs> this is what led to this big take two. Hi, Sin. <laughs> what are we doing here today? Well, we're discussing <laughs> the story. <laughs> okay. So, this is set in an, like, concrete historical period. It's supposed to be set in the real world. Mm-hmm. But the, the characters in it and the, the, like, precise setting of it is not a real place. So it's set in a place called Ashina, which is, no, no, it's, it's set in what it calls the land of Ashina, meaning it's the land that belongs to the Ashina clan. Right. Because Ashina clan was a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Ishin Ashina, who is the leader of the Ashina clan, he stages a coup and he, that's how he gets control of the land during the war. And then in the aftermath of that war, there is a shinobi called Owl, and he finds an orphan child on the battlefield who he calls Wolf. Mm -hmm. And then he trains Wolf as his protege. So Sekiro picks up, is it 20 years later? I think it's 20 years. Are you sure it's 20 years later? Well, I think the narrator says 20 years later, but Wolf looks like he's in his early 40s. <laughs> well, he looks at least Lady Butterfly's age. Wow. <laughs> Look, he's had a hard life, okay? <laughs> okay. So, so this is 20 years after Ishin's coup. Um, the Ishin is now, like, he's losing grip on power. Mm-hmm. So, like, he conquered this land, but 20 years later, he's starting to lose control over it. And he has a grandson called Genichiro. Mm-hmm. So the Ashina lands that, like, the Ashina lands now controlled by Ishin and Genichiro. Okay. Wolf, Wolf's, the beginning of the game is, is quite rapid fire and a bit confusing. So Wolf at this point is the... The master... Oh, fuck, hang on. Okay. At this point, Wolf is guarding... No. This... Ah! Okay, take take 18. <laughs> so, at this point, 20 years later, Wolf's master is a young noble called Kuro. Right. And at some point, in between the initial Ishin coup and now, Owl has died, and Kuro has been kidnapped. So you start off, Wolf is at the bottom of a well. He's been thrown in there by the 
Ashina. And they say that we didn't need to lock him up because he's lost all will to live. So he's not a threat. Aww. Then... Why did he lose uh, all will to live? Because Kuro's been kidnapped and Al's dead. Aww. So Wolf then escapes from the well. And he meets with Kuro, who he discovers is being held in a tower by the Ashina. Okay. And he learns that Kuro being kidnapped was overseen by Genichiro Ashina. So the Ashina want Kuro for some reason. Uh-huh. And Kuro says to Wolf like that they need to escape from Ashina and that Kuro needs to escape from his fated bloodline. So there's something special about Kuro that the Ashina want. Something special about his blood? Well, we're getting to that. Okay. We're getting to that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Wolf and Kuro escape from the Ashina lands, but as they're escaping, they are confronted by Genichiro. Genichiro tries to kidnap Kuro. Wolf puts himself in between them to hold off Genichiro while Kuro escapes. But Wolf is defeated by Genichiro. Genichiro cuts Wolf's left arm off and then kidnaps Kuro. Aww. So, Wolf then wakes up some time later on. It can't be that long. Maybe like a couple of days, I don't know. He wakes up in a hut with a strange man who is a sculptor, and he only has one arm as well. Mm-hmm. And Wolf discovers that Wolf's left arm has been replaced with this mechanical prosthetic that has the functions of, like, like an actual arm, so he can still, like, hold his sword and everything. Um, and the sculptor says, the sculptor who has one arm says, this was my, this prosthetic was made for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the implication, and it's developed later on, is that the sculptor himself used to be, like, a wolf-like character. He was a shinobi. hmm Right. Uh, and the sculptor also says that, like, basically the sculptor at some point gave into this horrible bloodlust that was within him. And that sort of tainted him, and he's... What he does now is he sits around just carving images of Buddha. But because he's so tainted with this this rage and bloodlust, every Buddha he carves looks angry. Would you say he was blood drunk? Yes, I would. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, there's going to be if you if you're familiar with Bloodborne, <laughs> you're going to notice a number of similarities, especially later on. Okay. So, outside of the sculptor's hut, Wolf meets Emma. Emma is a doctor. And she says that she is serving a specific master, but she can't tell Wolf who it is. And that Why master not? has... Well, you'll find out. Okay, okay, okay. And she's... <laughs> um, and that the her master has ordered her basically to help Wolf. But she can't say who the master is. And she says that the reason Wolf came back to life after Genichiro presumably, like, killed him is that Wolf has something called dragon blood. 
And that she knows about dragon blood because she's a doctor who is researching an illness called dragon rot. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't quite understand it yet. And that's kind of what, that's what she's doing. She is like studying the people who are infected with dragon rot. And it's somehow tied to drag to Wolf's dragon blood, which is somehow tied to his inability to die. Richie? Yes? Is Emma a Cirrus? I thought you were going to say, like, is Emma Yosefka? No, that's ridiculous. It's, it's, no, we, we, we meet in past Yosefka later on. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, also outside the sculptor's heart Answer is Answer the question, a- Richie. Is Emma Osiris? Uh, she's this universe's equivalent of Osiris. And Thank you. if they crossed over and touched, the universes would both be destroyed. <laughs> what if they cross over and touch and then Dark Souls 4 is created? Well, that's not the ending anyone wants. <laughs> it's the same as the universe destroying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> outside the hut, Wolf also meets a guy called Hanbei the Undying. Mm-hmm. who is kind of like Wolf in that you can't kill him, and he says, like, I just want to die, but I can't, and I'm not the only one who's like this, and he says, like, I'm infested with something. So, like, the people who can't die are called the infested. So, from this point onward, if if Wolf is killed, like, during gameplay, he will see a weird vision of Kuro saying, take my blood and live again. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to Emma after that, Emma will say that that's, that is tied to, like, Wolf's dragon blood, and it's tied to the strange grey marking that is on Wolf's face. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, this grey sort of, um, what if the dark sign was grey? It's that. So that's kind of, like, <laughs> growing over his face as uh, as a result of his immortality. So if if he dies and comes back too much, that causes the dragon rot that Emma talked about to spread. So we'll assume at this point that you died a bunch and the sculptor got dragon rot. Mm-hmm. So you then go back to the shrine and you'll find the sculptor is coughing up blood. And he says, my blood has gone stagnant. And then Emma says that, the stagnant blood is the key to researching dragon rot. So if Wolf finds any more people who have dragon rot, he should take a sample of their blood and give it to her so she can help mm-hmm. research it. Mm-hmm. So Wolf learns that the Ashina still have Kuro. Luckily, he's still in the Ashina land, so he heads off to Ashina Castle. Mm-hmm. On the way there... Somehow, he sees a vision of Emma and Kuro. Oh, is it those, like, uh, Deracine, like, uh, shadows? Yeah, you just see, like, it's like an outline of them, and if you touch it, you get, like, a recording of a conversation. Uh Uh-huh. So, Emma and Kuro were somehow connected. And as he pushes further into Ashina, he encounters a large man with glowing red eyes. So, clearly, like, there's something supernatural going on in Ashina. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Do they have red eyes because of the abyss? You know what? Why not? Why not? <laughs> so, while he's exploring Ashina, he is given a bell by an old woman who thinks that Wolf is her son. If he takes the bell back to the shrine of the sculptor, he can use the bell to... This is quite weird. It says, like, he's going back into memories he's forgotten. But at the same time, he is who he is now. So, Wolf goes back to three years prior. But he mm-hmm. is still... He's the Wolf he is now, so he has the resurrection power and he has the, the shinobi arm and everything. Mm-hmm. And this is all apparently new to him. Like, he doesn't yeah. remember any of this happening, but it did happen. So, it's it's somewhere in between, like, a dream and time travel. Uh, it's it's kind of like the giant memories in Dark Souls 2. And the thing is that mm-hmm. stuff you do in that memory does affect the present. So, it's not like there are multiple possible outcomes. So, it, it kind of is time travel, I guess. They never really pin it down, which is fine. Um, so three years ago, Kuro was trying to be, uh, people were trying to kidnap Kuro again. He was being held at a place called the Hirata Estate, and he was guarded by Wolf, Owl, and a woman called Lady Butterfly, who was another shinobi that worked. It was um, one of Wolf's old tutors. Mm-hmm. And the estate is being attacked by a group of bandits led by a guy called Juzo. So. Wolf has to go and defeat Juzo and rescue Kuro. On the way, he finds that Owl has apparently been mortally wounded and is going to die. So Owl gives him this key and says, like, here's the key to where Kuro is being kept, rescue Kuro. And then Owl, Owl says, like, I don't have long to live, just go and do it. So Owl, this is where Owl supposedly dies, but... It is, you don't actually ever see him die, so it's sort of clear that he he's coming back. So, Wolf then, uh, Wolf defeats Juzo after breaking into the Hirata estate, meets, uh, finds where Kuro is being kept, but Kuro is then kidnapped by Lady Butterfly. Oh my so god, Lady, Yeah, Lady, Butterf- Lady Butterfly has betrayed them. Why? So, well, we'll get to that. You know, during a stream, we found the Soviet name of Lady Butterfly. What is it? It's a Grashdanka Babachka, which means a butterfly citizen woman. Good. <laughs> it's it's funnier if you speak Russian. You know, we're we're like a quarter of the way into this. This is going to be like ninety minutes long, if not longer, at this rate. Okay. Um. <laughs> So, Wolf duels with Lady Butterfly to get Kuro back. He succeeds in beating her, but just as he has won, someone stabs Wolf in the back. <gasps> so, Wolf then collapses as the burning building kind of falls on top of him. Oh, that sucks. And then, as he sees Kuro being led away, and that's when Kuro says to him, take my blood and live again. So the point at which Sekiro got the point at which Wolf got the dragon blood. Mm-hmm. So the point the point at which Wolf got the dragon blood. Right. Was then. It was three years ago when he sort of died for the first time and Kuro brought him back to try to rescue Kuro. 
So that moment, is it the equivalent of the Bergenworth prospectors or scholars coming in contact with something in the dungeons? How? What? In what way? Because they also found some blood that they would later use to... Okay, never mind. Yes. Go, Richie. Yeah. Found something they would later use. <laughs> Classic Miyazaki trope. Um, the important thing the important thing is that Lady Butterfly leaves behind something called a Sakura Droplet when she's defeated. And it's not clear what the Sakura Droplet does until later on. But Wolf has the Sakura Droplet. The game kind of expects you to do this in chunks. It doesn't expect you to do it all in one go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, back in the present, Wolf tries to get into Ashina, but he discovers that the gates to Ashina Castle are barred, so he can't get in through the front. So he has to go around through a valley and sort of approach from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the giant snake is. The giant snake is kind of relevant to the world building, but in terms of the plot, it's only like kind of relevant toward the end. So we'll just say there is a big snake there. Okay. <laughs> so as he is sneaking into the back of Ashina, he sees another one of these weird visions. And it's of Genichiro Ashina talking to Kuro. And Genichiro tells Kuro that the Ashina are outnumbered and they're not going to last much longer. And that's why they need Kuro's blood. Mm-hmm. And Kuro basically says, like, you're a monster. I, I don't want to help you, but I'm not strong enough to resist you. So he's just sort of being led around. Aww. So basically, like, they need Kuro, but also because they need Kuro, they can't do anything to Kuro. They just have him. So they can't, like, hurt him because he's too valuable to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Using that pathway, Wolf's able to get to the gate, but he encounters uh, Gyobu Masataka Oniwa, here played by the Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> <laughs> he defeats Gyobu, and then uh, rather than... You can just go straight through the gates. We'll assume you go the other direction. You can find... Uh, Wolf encounters a masked shinobi called Tengu of Ashina. Mm-hmm. And he gives you uh, a mission, which is he wants you to assassinate these... There's these, like, thieves he calls the rats who are hanging around Ashina Castle. And he's he's the one who looks at your shinobi prosthetic and he acts like he recognizes it. And he's like, oh, this line, this uh, this arm, I've seen this arm before. Huh. And that, he's the one who calls you Sekiro. Um, Sekiro is like a pun in Japanese. It means like half a wolf, as in like your half person, half mechanical arm. Doesn't quite mm-hmm. translate very well, but they just kept it. So yeah, he's the one who dubs you Sekiro. So Tengu sends you to kill these spies that he calls the rats. And uh, basically when you're killing the rats, you can overhear them talking and they say, oh yeah, Ishin Ashina is going to die soon. He's very, very sick. He's like ill and dying and on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. So that's your tip of, okay, like Ashina's in serious trouble because Ishin's dying. And not only are they losing the war, but Ishin is dying. Um, keeping in mind, this is also, this is 20 years later, so Ishin is no longer like in his prime. He's like in his like 60s or 70s. 
So Sekiro uh, Wolf, we'll, call him, we'll keep calling him Wolf. Wolf makes it to Ashina. There is a, um, there's just basically like a filler boss before the gate who is a giant bull that the Ashina are going to use in the war. Uh, they've got this enormous bull that's like the size of like a tank and they've attached huge burning um, lots of straw to it. So it's like this fireball running around. Mm-hmm. And they basically talk about how like the Ashina are so desperate that they've like created this this monster thing that they're going to use to fight the war for them. So like they're desperate enough that they're just basically like setting a bull on fire and sending yeah. it into the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. So, having made it through the gate, Sekiro sees another one of these weird visions. They're never explained. I don't know what mm-hmm. the story behind them is. It's it's like um, it's like in a science fiction game where they just leave audio logs lying around here, but mm-hmm. it, here they can't have audio logs, so it's just like it's just there. Maybe that is an audio log of that land or whatever. The Shinobi audio log. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this vision is of uh, Emma taking Kuro to the top of Ashina Castle. Why is she taking him there? I'm trying to imagine watching a movie with you. And just being like, why is he doing that? <laughs> Who's that? What's, why? Well, um, you're, you're if, not if you wrong. wait, if you wait, it will be explained. So. Okay. This means your next destination is the very top of Ashina Castle. Luckily, you have a grappling hook. So you go all the way to the top of Ashina Castle. Mm-hmm. And you meet Genichiro. Mm-hmm. And Genichiro and Emma and Kuro are all together. But wait a minute. Isn't Emma back at the at your um, hub? Yeah, that's going to be revealed. Okay. It's gonna. It, that, this does make sense. Okay. Okay. So Emma and Genichiro have a discussion about Isin, and it looks like Isin is going to die very soon. Emma's saying it's a miracle that Isin is still alive. Mm-hmm. Genichiro then tells Kuro, like, you have to give me the power of the dragon blood, and Kuro refuses. Why can't he just take it? Because the well, they established this later on, but basically okay. because Kuro is is of this divine heritage, he can't be wounded. Oh, okay, okay. Like there's no way to actually physically hurt Kuro. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, Wolf appears and fights Genichiro. Mm-hmm. After you deal enough damage to Genichiro, he goes into another phase. It's, it's kind of like Ludwig, you get a little cutscene in between them, and he says that he's willing to do anything to preserve the legacy of the Ashina, even if it's heretical. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I'm going to harness something called the Lightning of Tomoe, which we'll, I guess we'll get into later on. But he sort of, he, he harnesses this lightning thing, lets him, he, he essentially gets the ability to shoot lightning out of his sword. Mm-hmm. Um, Way of Tomoe, I think, is there's like more information on Tomoe later. I think it's going to be the DLC. Mm-hmm. So Sekiro uh, slash Wolf is able to defeat Genichiro. Yeah, but you skipped a very important detail here. That he's hot now. Yeah. <laughs> he is so fucking hot. <laughs> the way in which Genichiro enters phase two is that he 
Parts of his armor fall off one after another, uh, quite slowly. And then he he stands up and poses, and uh, you get to see, like, shirtless Genichiro. He's, uh, his, sort of, his hair is hanging down. There's, like, very dramatic mm-hmm. lighting. You can see, like, you can you get a nice, like, torso shot of him. He's extremely pretty. And this has led several people I know to dub him Lightning Boyfriend. <laughs> and there is now quite a lot of uh, Wolf Genichiro Slash you can find, ba- inspired largely by this scene. So, <laughs> despite his overwhelming sexiness, Wolf <laughs> is able to defeat Genichiro. Right. And he goes to rescue Kuro and Emma, but as he's about to do it, Genichiro gets back up again. So it turns out that Genichiro also has the immortality thing that Sekiro has. But, instead of coming from dragon blood, it's coming from something called rejuvenating water. OMG. And he gives a speech about how he'll do anything to save Ashina, even give up his humanity, and his eyes start glowing. (laughs) So, probably the villain. (laughs) Uh, It's, if... If you watched a Stream Kingdom Hearts, it's just Riku. <laughs> so, uh, Genichiro then jumps off the top of Ashina Castle, so you don't fight him again. He's still alive, but he's gone. Emma then reveals that the master she is working for is Ishin Ashina. <gasps> and that... So, like, Ishin was opposed to what Genichiro was doing, and mm-hmm. Ishin actually sent Emma to help you. Okay. Okay. Is Genichiro aware of that? No, I don't think he is. Okay. Well, I don't know, because they don't like each other. So it's possible that they're just feuding. Mm. It's probably explained in some line I didn't see. Anyway. Okay. Um, so Emma explains that Ishin unlike Genichiro, doesn't want Kuro's blood. And she reveals that, okay, a lot of the the mysterious help you've gotten throughout this journey actually came from Genichiro. Actually came from from Ishin. Oh, that would be an extra plot twist if the help came from Genichiro. Lightning Boyfriend was helping us all along. So she she reveals that Genichiro's immortality. <laughs> just straight up ignores me at this point. Because I'm looking at the time. I'm looking at the time. <laughs> this thing is like. Oh, God. Okay. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. She reveals that Genichiro drank the rejuvenating waters. Rejuvenating waters are something that is connected to dragon blood, but is not dragon blood. So Genichiro is immortal, but doesn't have the dragon blood. And she says that there was a lot of research done a long time ago on how rejuvenating water and dragon blood worked, but it was all lost. And this ties into, like, um, a similar a thing that, that the Souls games did, where it's like everything you're doing has happened before. So a lot of the, like, older characters in Sekiro are kind of, like, the analog of the characters in the game now, which we'll get Uh into later on. Right. So, uh, Emma also explains, she 
Uh, we'll assume at this point that you understand, like, you have dragon blood samples. So we'll assume at this point that you've got a dragon blood sample for Emma. If you give it to Emma, she will test it, and she says that the source of dragon rot is actually wolf. Because Uh-oh. what happens is every time wolf dies and comes back to life, he sucks the life out of the world around him, and that's what's making everyone sick. And if you go into detail with her, she will talk about how like there was a dragon rot outbreak earlier. Like These events happened before there was another divine air and more dragon blood and more dragon rot. So, uh, she's basically trying to recreate what cured it the first time. Mm-hmm. So, now that Wolf and Kuro are reunited, Wolf says, okay, Kuro, we have to leave Ashina. Then Kuro says no, because Kuro's blood is causing people to become immortal, and that immortality is leading to the dragon rot and the horrible stagnation of the land. So Kuro says that, like, the world is not safe as long as I exist in it. So you have to help me get rid of my my immortality and yours so that this doesn't keep happening. So this is like the second half of the game is basically you have to figure out a way to cure your immortality and Kuro's and undo everything. At this point, you can use... The grappling hook to explore more of Ashina Castle, and you can meet Ishinashina. And he says, he thanks you for defeating Genichiro. And he says, like, it's a good thing you defeated Genichiro because the rejuvenating waters had bewitched him. And he comments that he knows Owl. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he reveals that he knows Owl. He pretty clearly knows the sculptor. And, um, he then calls you Sekiro again. Hmm. Like he knows you. So Tengu of Ashina is Ishinashina in a mask. Wait, what? Yeah. Tengu of Ashina that you met before. Yeah? He's like Batman. He's just Ishinashina in a mask. <laughs> Why? I guess to help preserve Ashina without Genichiro knowing. Uh-huh. Basically, the, the reveal is that, like, the first time this happened, the sculptor was the wolf character. He was a shinobi who became obsessed with blood, and it became, like, possessed by this rage. And Ishin, Ishin was the one that cut his arm off to, like, stop him from hurting people. And then Ishin gave him the prosthetic arm, which is why he recognizes it now. Uh-huh. Right. Um, then Ishin explains that the lightning of Tomoe that Genichiro was using was a technique that Genichiro used from his mentor, who was a woman called Tomoe, and that she was the only person who came close to ever defeating Ishin in combat. Mm-hmm. Ishin also says that the way to end the immortality of Kuro and himself and Genichiro is to find something called the Mortal Blade. Mm-hmm. So the Mortal Blade is a, a weapon that can kill people who can't die otherwise. Okay. And he says the Mortal Blade is in a place called Senpo Temple. So 
you also learn about uh, the previous divine heir from the previous time these events happened, who was called Takero. And they say that Takero was a divine heir who disappeared. It was like basically just a similar character to Kuro. Takero was trying to reach a place called the Divine Realm. And Takero, uh, Takero disappeared, presumed dead. So the game then becomes a series of like fetch quests where you have to go get the Mortal Blade. And you have to figure out a way to get to the Divine Realm. In order to get to the Divine Realm, you need to make a thing called Divine Incense that requires the fragments of a tree called the Ever Blossom, and also a rock that has been to the Divine Realm at one point. So recapping the story at this point becomes quite confusing because there's so many different things. Um, so let's move the cat. Okay. So, the way to Senpo Temple is through the dungeons under Ashina Castle. So, we'll assume that you go this way first. You go through okay. the dungeons, you meet a surgeon called Dojun. Right. Who is, like, the evil version of Emma, basically. Or the exact version of... Imposter Yosefka. Yeah! Yeah. So if you get Imposter Yosefka's dialogue and replace Old Blood with Rejuvenating Water <laughs> and remove all the horniness, you get Dojun. You get Dojun. You get Dojun. So Dojun is... He's a doctor. He is in the dungeon experimenting on people with the Rejuvenating Water that is the same thing that Genichiro was using. Mm-hmm. And there is a side quest where you can send NPCs to him and he will give you items in return. So, after going through the dungeon, Wolf reaches Senpo. As he approaches Senpo, he hears a the voice of a little girl saying, stay away from here, the monks of Senpo have abandoned Buddha and are now searching for immortality. And as you move through the uh, Senpo temple, you encounter these monks that they are in this, like, kind of like Maya Ligarius. They're in this, like, um, mummified state, but there are huge centipedes crawling out of their bodies. Oh, snap. And if you kill them, they just come back to life again. Because they have succeeded in finding immortality, but it has corrupted them, and their blood now curdles with unsightly vermin. Did you say vermin? I quoted Volta's exact line. <laughs> Because it's the same thing! Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, as he presses further into Senpo, he encounters a guy called Armored Warrior, who is someone, presumably, they say he's from... He approached from the South Seas. The idea is he's a guy from Europe. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing, like, um, plate armor. He's not a samurai. And he's got an enormous two-handed sword. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you defeat him, he sh- he shouts Robert as he's falling, which is a callback to an item you get in the early part of the game that says a guy and his son called Robert went to Japan seeking the rejuvenating waters because Robert was dying. Mm-hmm. 
So that is presumably the father of Robert. Mm-hmm. So upon finally reaching the center of Senpo, Sekiro slash Wolf uses a bell to travel to a place called the Divine Realm. Which is I kind of like Arch Dragon Peak. It's just this like misty place that you can't get to by normal means. There he receives the Mortal Blade, and he gets it from the little girl who spoke to him on the way to Senpo. And she is called the Divine Child. And it's revealed that what happened was the monks of Senpo were trying to create their own version of Kuro, to create their own divine heir. And they did it by getting sick children and uh, filling them with the rejuvenating water to until one of them kind of successfully became immortal. So were they the healing church of this land? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, they were. So all the divine children, all the uh, children they were experimenting on died except this one. And mm-hmm. she is guarding the mortal blade. And it, she says basically like she was sealed away to stop the monks from getting the mortal blade, stop anyone from getting the mortal blade. Okay. And she says, you cannot touch the mortal blade without dying. So don't don't oh. try picking it up. Well, perfect. Because we can resurrect. Exactly. What are the odds? So <laughs> Wolf is able to wield the mortal blade because he can come back to life after dying. So once you get the mortal blade, it lets you kill the the monks that have the centipedes in them. Oh snap! It's not technically a sep- it's not like a different weapon. It's like you get additional moves you can use. So you get like an extra death blow attack you can do that kills things that can't otherwise die. And you also get like a mortal blade attack that's like a, like a um it uses the ammo that the prosthetic uses. Mm-hmm. It's it's similar to I guess like the weapon arts in Dark Souls three. So, um, you now have the mortal blade. Yay. So back to getting the, getting the stuff for the divine, uh, incense to travel to the realm. So one of the things you need is where the waters are pooling at the bottom of a valley. As I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. Yeah. You meet Coolio. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You travel to the bottom of the valley. I'm skipping over a lot here because the travel to the bottom of the valley, nothing really happens. It's just very long. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you get sh- you get shot a lot, and um, the uh, bottom of the valley is an ape. <gasps> yeah, the ape's there now. I assume at some point they will delete the ape because it seems to be a mistake. <laughs> so you encounter the ape. You defeat the ape. Uh, <laughs> The ape is, uh, if you remember the blood, the bloodletting beast from Bloodborne was a large ape-like boss. Uh-huh. And that when you defeated it, it came back without its head. And then uh-huh. out of the head, a huge centipede kind of worm thing came out and, and attacked you. I don't know what you're complaining about. Nothing like that is ever present in Sekiro. Well, I see you need to learn more about your apes. Because <laughs> when you defeat this ape, you cut his head off. And then the headless body gets up and starts fighting you. No way! I know, I was very surprised that they did that. <laughs> and then when you defeat the ape, uh, 
you don't thank mercifully you don't have to fight the centipede version but you you rip a centipede like out of it it's like that was living inside the ape and that's the source of the ape's uh, immortality because the ape is like somewhere in the rejuvenating waters they make they make a big deal about like the apes are guarding this stuff it's not just like some random ape showed up mm-hmm. and then you get one of the items that's used to make the incense and it mm-hmm. very helpfully explains that this item is a scent that attracts apes. Mm-hmm. So, look out for more ape action if you go exploring. <laughs> <sighs> so, another part, another part of the incense you need is in a village that is underneath Ashina. So this involves going all the way back to the well that you started the game in. And now that you have the prosthetic, you can climb up a wall and you head down this enormous kind of abyss thing. At the bottom of the abyss, you find a, 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 like a cave that leads to a forest. The mm-hmm. forest is completely covered in mist. It's similar to uh, Shaded Woods from Dark Souls 2. And also, like Shaded Woods from Dark Souls 2, there are constantly spawning, like, uh, kind of ghost enemies there. So you fight off these waves and waves of ghosts, and at the center of the mist, you find that there is something playing a flute. You follow this flute sound, and locked inside this kind of, uh, I guess, like, it's not really a pagoda. I'll just say it's a pagoda. Some sort of building. Okay. There is a very strange looking, looks like a human crossed with a catfish. Yeah. Um, in, in like a robe. If you imagine like a humanoid version of Frampt is in there, uh, playing this flute. I kind of thought they looked a bit like the slime scholars from Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah. Imagine Frampt went to Bergenworth. That's what you get. <laughs> so that is um, not a very difficult fight because he doesn't really do anything. And upon defeating the catfish person, the mist goes away and you can progress. On the other side of the mist is a uh, a fishing village where Mm -hmm. there are altars with slugs on them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, uh, there's like parties of people with like spears and kind of hunched backs walking around. Does that remind you of a DLC you may have played before? Um, yeah, the Mighty Number no. Nine DLC. Yeah, I was thinking the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you move through that area. It turns out all the people in there, if you kill them, they come back to life again because they have in them this rejuvenating water. Everyone comes back yep. to life, though. They come back to life game. without you, without you resting at an altar. Oh, I see, I see, okay. Yeah. Weird. That's also where you meet the guy that's channeling his inner Mikalash. He's, like, hidden in a house. Oh, with the the basket on his head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a, um... That's not specifically a Mikalash thing, though. That's, like, a Japanese thing. The basket on the head. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Is it more of a vulture? 
The whole game is Volta. This is Vol- this is Volta's fan fiction that he wrote. <laughs> he was he was researching the Sengoku period, and he's like vermin. <laughs> this whole period kindles with unsightly vermin. <laughs> so you make it to the uh, other side of this village, and there is this apparition of a monk. And it is a very, very large woman with a spear. Mm-hmm. Who it, she appears as like it's like a ghost image. You defeat the monk, and on the other side of that is uh, it's a dead end. He just finds a dead end there, but there is a stone. Mm-hmm. And and um, Wolf comments that oh, it looks like where I am now. They perform some kind of wedding ceremony. But I don't understand exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So that's you've got the stone that you need for the incense. So the other the other thing you need for the incense is what's called a fragment of the ever blossom tree. So there was there was a huge cherry blossom tree behind Ashina Castle that was said to be from the divine realm. And someone stole a branch from it. And as a result of that branch being cut off, the tree died. But the branch is still hanging around. So, coincidentally, Owl then shows up alive. What? I know, weird. And he's like, uh, remember the warrior code? What's the warrior code? The warrior code is basically, you have to do what Kuro says unless I tell you otherwise. It's kind of like a code we have on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, which is, um, (laughs) shut up, Richard. (laughs) So, (laughs) Owl then reveals that he wants Kuro's blood for himself. Mm -hmm. And if you kind of, like, put two and two together, it's what- Actually, we'll get into it later on. Okay. So, Owl wants Kuro's blood. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you have to obey me. You can't forsake Kuro. He says, you you have to obey me because I outrank Kuro in the warrior code. Who who made this warrior code, by the way? Uh, Sir Isaac Shinobi, inventor of the Shinobi. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. But is it like Owl made the code? No, it's like meant to be the. It, no, it's like the Shinobi Warrior Code. I just like okay. So, you you encounter Owl. Owl wants Kuro's blood, and he says, like the Warrior Code says, you obey me, you don't obey Kuro. So you have a choice here. If you choose to obey Owl, the game just ends, and you get like the bad ending. Ah. If you choose to side with Kuro, Owl is like. What is this so-called love that you humans speak of? You're a shinobi, and then you have a fight, and Wolf kills Owl. Aww. That's sad. When Owl dies, he drops the branch from the Everblossom. Mm-hmm. So Owl was the one what took it. Ooh. And if you put two and two together, Owl is the guy that stabbed you in the flashback. No! Yes. I refuse to believe that. 
you refuse to believe that in this fantasy story about warriors, the <laughs> the main character's father figure betrayed him. Yeah. In a shocking twist. <laughs> yeah. You'll need to yeah. get me more proof than that, maybe in a subsequent podcast about Owl. I, I, oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, so, you know, have the fragment of the Everblossom. The final thing they need is the Sakura Droplet that you got from Lady Butterfly. Why did she give it to you? She dropped it when she died. Did she just have it randomly, or...? They talk about how the Sakura Droplet comes into being when, like, an oath is broken. So I'm guessing the idea is that, like, when Owl betrayed everyone, like, that was the end of that oath. So the Sakura Droplet was formed. Or something like that. Okay. Okay. So, you're all ready to go to the Divine Realm. The last thing you need is Kuro's blood. Mm-hmm. Because you have the mortal blade, you can cut Kuro and get his blood. Mm-hmm. So now we have gathered all of our MacGuffins. <laughs> we can go to the Divine Realm. So the way you go to the Divine Realm is you go back to where you fought the monk. You go to the place where the marriage ceremony happened. And now, uh, in an extremely odd scene, a huge pile of rope comes out of the sky and picks you up. And you realize that that is actually the hand of a gigantic, like, golem made of rope. Whoa. If you imagine, like, a stick figure made out of rope, but but that's, like, the size of a skyscraper. And that then walks you to this, uh, like, the side of a cliff. Uh Uh-huh. You progress through there fighting the catfish people. Okay, now, you, you encounter there the monk. Like the true okay, body Richie, of the monk sorry. whose projection. Yes. Sorry, Richie. Yeah. Is the rope ever explained? It's just magic. Okay. Best not question it. Thank you. Okay, okay. we'll make rope explained. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. So you are now uh, at the like um, entrance to the divine realm. The monk whose projection you fought before is there. You have to fight her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is also infested with vermin. Oh, no. Sorry, sorry. I think they just say infested. They don't say with vermin. She's got a a centipede in her. And you Mm -hmm. kill her and you get rid of the centipede. Mm -hmm. It's gone now. So this is also where the catfish people who were in the Misty Forest are from. So you see, like, the same catfish people. They're, like, playing flutes and sort of, like, wandering around. Um, This leads to the Divine Realm. On the way to the Divine Realm, you find... You find this, like, it's like a child's body sort of fused into a wall. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Takaro. That's, like, the previous Divine Air, the previous Kuro. Like, travelled to the Divine Realm here. Mm-hmm. So, you use the... Path that Kuro, Kuro, the path that Takaro took to the Divine Realm, mm-hmm. and there you find you find a bunch of dragons. Okay. Uh, the dragons look like they they connected to the like the Mist Noble people, the the um the catfish people. They look like like if it were a Pokemon, it would evolve from the catfish person to the dragon. Mm-hmm. And they're called the dragons of the tree. 
And the tree is presumably the ever blossom because what happens is this huge cherry blossom tree then erupts out of the clouds where the divine realm is. And you can see that on the tree, this huge dragon kind of grows out of it. And the dragon only has one arm. Oh, the dragon has one arm. Shinobi has one arm. The sculpture has one arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think what they're getting at is that like the arm that is missing is meant to represent the branch that was taken because he's like grown out of the tree but part of him's missing. Uh-huh. So you got to fight you got to fight the dragon. You need the tears of the dragon to uh do the thing. To cure the immortality, you got to have a dragon's tears. So like you got to make a dragon cry. Yes, and you do this in a very direct way by stabbing it in the eye. Oh, that's that's sad. That's mean. Why don't you just talk it out? Just make it listen to really sad music. Yeah, like I was thinking, make it watch Titanic or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's like the that's the the neutral ending that we haven't found yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like use an onion. Yeah. Yeah. So, you now have the dragon's tears from the Divine Realm. You can finally end it. You go back to Ashina. Mm -hmm. But when you get back to Ashina, you discover that Ishin has died. His body, he's just collapsed and his body is lying on the ground. So, in the end, Ishin did not side with Genichiro. They had different... Well, we'll we'll find out. Well, so far. We're almost at the end. Yeah, I know, okay. but so far, the idea is so that- So far, yeah. Well, the idea is that Genichiro just- the, the, the idea is that Ishin just died. He just, like, his heart gave out or whatever from the illness he was suffering. So, and um, the siege is getting worse because Ishin has died, so, like, the Ashin is collapsing. Kuro escapes, and he goes all the way back to the reservoir from the very beginning of the game. Okay. Also, I should point out here, because I forgot to do it before, when you were saying, like, isn't, isn't Emma back at the temple? There is yeah. a secret passage that connects the castle to the temple. Oh. Um, if you, like, you didn't, I don't think you got there, but, like, in the, the temple area where the sculptor is, there's, like, there's, like, a hidden door, but it's, it's one way only. If you try to use it, it says it's locked from the other side. That door leads back to Ashina Castle, so Emma's able to come and go between the sculptor's hut and the castle using that door. She must be pretty fast, though, because if I like teleport from the castle back to the to where the sculptor is, she's there, and then if I teleport to the castle, she's at the castle. We don't know how long the teleportation takes, though. Oh, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> Wolf tracks down Kuro. Kuro is exactly where they first fought Ginichiro at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the same scene again, but in this version of it, instead of Sekiro saying to Wolf... <laughs> except in this version, instead of Wolf telling Kuro to stay back, Kuro tells Wolf to stay back. Uh-huh. Okay. And then Ginichiro says, hey, guess what? What? 
there's a second mortal blade. <gasps> and with it, I can cut Kuro and get his blood. Oh, no. So, Sekiro and Genichiro duel with their respective mortal blades. Sekiro's is red, Genichiro's is grey. Genichiro goes down pretty quickly. He only has, like, one little health, uh, like, circle thing. But, oh no, when you cut him with the mortal blade, Ishinashina crawls out of the wound. Like, he, he, um, Genichiro, like, collapses on his knees, uh-huh. and he he is going to commit Sudoku. <laughs> and when he does it, he cuts his own throat, and then a hand comes out of the, the wound. Uh-huh. Similar to Dark Souls 3, where there's hands bursting out of people. Uh-huh. And out of the wound crawls Ishinashina. So has Ishinashina been wearing Genichiro the entire time? Like, Cannibal wore that face mask in Silence of the Lambs? I don't think so. So what's happening? I think he just... It's like to do with resurrection. He just comes back again, using Genichiro as a vessel. But that's why I was asking you earlier, what did Ishin want? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was getting at, but you dismissed yeah. me. You didn't even answer my question. You just went on with the story. <laughs> Bully of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. 2021, 2022. Don't imagine we'll still be going in 2023. <laughs> um, so you then have to fight Ishin. But you're still not answering my question. I, I don't know. What Ishin wanted. Well, okay. Before okay. this moment, what did it seem like Ishin want? Well, prior to this, it seems like Ishin just like he wants to retain the Ashina, but he doesn't like what Ginichiro is doing. Okay. So like, he is helping you defeat Ginichiro. But then he. And then he he dies, but then he just comes back to life out of his grandson's neck. Yeah, he, like, pops out of him, like, as if, you know, yeah. like an entertainer out of a cake at a party. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Because <laughs> Genichiro is a big, tasty cake. <laughs> Maybe this is like a surprise party for Sekiro. Surprise! <laughs> I guess, like, it could be to do with the way that Dragon Rot works, where, like, Ishin's able to resurrect by stealing the life force of Ginichiro. But didn't Ginichiro say that he's summoning his grandfather now or something? Or am I imagining this? Yeah. So, okay, you see, you admitted this, and if I didn't mention, were you just not going to say anything about this? But what? But does Ginichiro say, like, I'm summoning my grandfather now by committing suicide? I don't remember. I'll have to look. Okay, well, we have to look now, because this is important. Jesus, Richie. You know, I've had to play all of Kingdom Hearts, okay? 
I haven't had a chance to really di- dive deep into Sekiro. Been too busy building gummy ships. So when we're recording this part of the podcast, which talks about the endings of Sekiro, a day after we recorded the whole synopsis, because when we recorded it yesterday, it was a mess and it was all over the place. And I guess I'll put that on Patreon. And what you'll hear now is Rich's interpretation of the endings after he had a good night of sleep. No, I didn't. That was you. Oh, after I no, had a good night's sleep. You had you had a good night's sleep. We recorded this this morning for me. It's now like one AM <laughs> for me that night. Okay. I've just had a day of like going over stuff and realizing I missed a couple of things. Okay. And also um that we kept confusing Genichiro and Ishin, because their names okay. both have an I sound. <laughs> even though I know that they're different characters. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah, and so Rich is going to tell me about the endings again. You confront Genichiro in the place you fought him at the very beginning of the game. Along with Kuro, because Kuro has escaped there. But you see Kuro there, but Kuro has been wounded. Which shouldn't be possible, unless you have a mortal blade. Oh no! Genichiro's got a mortal blade, only it's grey instead of red. What's the deal? So, yeah, well, this goes back to, there's a conversation you can overhear between Emma and Ishin, where Ishin says that, oh yeah, by the way, BTW, there is a second mortal blade, and as it's used, that is like, that's somehow linked to Ishin's life force. So as Genichiro uses that mortal blade, it like eats away at Ishin. So that's that's the cause of Ishin's suffering, kind of. But it can't be the cause of the sickness because the whole point is at the start of the game, Genichiro doesn't have the mortal blade because he can't cut Kuro. But anyway, the point is Ishin dies because Genichiro's fucking around with the mortal blade, and that like eats away at no, Ishin. I I keep getting their names confused. It's so annoying. Ishin dies because Genichiro is screwing around with the Mortal Blade, and that is eating away at Ishin's strength, kind of like Dragon Rod. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you fight Genichiro. After you deplete Genichiro's hit points, he collapses, and he is prepared to commit Sudoku. As he commits Sudoku. Uh, an arm comes out of the wound he causes and a revived Ishin Ashina looking younger than before looking I guess like he did during the coup steps out of the wound Mm -hmm. WTF question mark ending explained theory real (laughs) so this all ties back to an item called the black scroll that says that the black mortal blade if it comes into contact with dragon blood, can resurrect the dead. So what Genichiro is doing is Mm -hmm. he is killing himself so that the dragon blood he got from Kuro with the mortal blade comes into contact with the black mortal blade that opens up like a portal 
to the to the netherworld or the afterlife or whatever in Genichiro, using Genichiro's blood, and that's what resurrects Ishin. So it's not that like Ishin was bad all along. It's like Ishin's come back to life, but it's like a the younger Ishin, I guess, who has different plans. I don't know, but the okay. problem is he still call, he still calls you Sekiro. It's okay. So it's yeah, it's none of this is okay. <laughs> okay. okay, so if you beat Genichiro, like quote unquote normally, uh, I mean, if you beat Ishin normally at this point, you get an ending where. Kuro's like, oh no, uh, my immortality is a curse, better better get rid of it. So then Sekiro kills Kuro, and then you get this. It's kind of like Honoring Wishes in Bloodborne. You get a flash forward, you see uh, Sekiro at the sculptor's thing, carving like the sculptor did. It's all going to happen again like it did before with like Takaru and Tomoe and everything. So there's another ending you can get. There's two other endings you can get. The, um, one of them you get by a series of conversations you have with Emma involving, like, the discussion of, um, Takeru and Tomoe. She takes you to these two graves that are the graves of Takeru and Tomoe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's odd because there is this, like, kid merged into a wall near the Divine Realm, which I assumed was Takaro, but then there's, like, a grave, so... Who know? <laughs> Who can say? Um, maybe it's, like, a fake grave, or maybe that's not Takaru, I don't know. Just like Gertrude? So, oh, well, no, it, it may- <laughs> This is a model of simplicity in comparison to Gertrude. The- Gertrude didn't make any sense at all. Here, the problem is that I keep getting the characters' names mixed up. Okay. Because Genichiro and Ishin have a very eat sound in them. So I guess my Uh brain confuses them and I keep messing them up. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like when we watched Reborn and I kept calling the girl Hibari. (laughs) You kept calling the girl Hibari? Why? Yeah. I think because I'm used to anime where there's a girl called Hikari. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, back to... The Did you just much more straightforward. Yes, I'm trying to. It's 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 twelve forty a.m. All right, mm. I just want to get to the end of sec. This is the real boss fight. Okay. This is like fighting owl. Okay. Okay. The second ending involves you using the idol thing in the sculptor's hut that you used to go back to Hirata, but you go back to a different kind of take. It's like it's like Hirata, but later on. Mm-hmm. And you get there using a bell that comes from Owl. So you go back to Hirata, but it's like slightly later on. It's presumably like it's after Butterfly was defeated. Um, You learn that, like, you can overhear people talking and they specifically say that Owl is the one that tipped them off to mm-hmm. attack Hirata. So Owl was like, Owl was betraying you the whole time. Um. And again, like, as you were saying before, Owl is the guy that stabs you in the flashback. They don't come out and say it, but it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, the confirmation, this kind of confirmation because this is a bit where he he tries to attack you using, like, the same stab, and you deflect it, and he's like, oh, you deflected it this time, meaning you didn't the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go back, there is another fight with Owl. He is uh, much, much stronger. 
is like the it's the three years ago. Owl. I don't know how this works chronologically. I don't know how you kill Owl in the past, but he's alive in the present because that's not how it works with the 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 merchant. Because if you kill the merchant in the Hirata memory, the merchant's gone in the present. But also in the Hirata memory, you have all the stuff you have from the present. I don't think it, it can ever be rationalized. So we'll just rule a line under it. You go back in time. You kill Owl before any of the game happens, but the game still happened. <laughs> So, uh-huh. um, you defeat Owl, hypothetically, because he's very hard, and you get the, you know, how when, when you beat Owl the first time, you get, like, the, the, the Everblossom fragment-y thing. This time you get, like, it's the same, I think it's the same branch, but it's, like, it's an earlier version, so it, it's, like, in better condition, it still has flowers on it. Whatever. Mm. The point is, you get that, that ties into, that then leads to another ending where you use that to um, cure Kuro's immortality, but you die. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It also reveals that Takeru is the one who took the branch from the Everblossom tree, not Owl. Uh-huh. You also find out like more about the, the relationship between like Emma and the sculptor and Owl and Takeru. They all knew each other beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also worth pointing out that like we're just sticking to the story here, so this is a totally optional thing, but the sculptor at the end of the game disappears, and the reason he disappears is because he turns into a demon. He becomes an optional boss called Demon of Hatred, and uh, you can fight him if you so choose. Mm-hmm. The idea being that he gave in to his hatred. Yeah. Yeah, and um, if you take the ending where you side with Owl, you kind of give into your hatred as well. You become the demon. Then there is the f- f- t- uh, we'll call we'll, okay the fourth ending. Okay, that involves the divine child who is at Senpo. There is a quest involving rice that I won't go into, but the gist of it is you need these two bits of dead snake. Mm-hmm. One is from the live snake that attacked you in the valley, so you've got to go kill that. It's uh, it's basically the wyvern fight from Dark Souls 3. You just fall on it and kill it, but you have to find the mm-hmm. place to fall on it. Second one is there is a dried snake um, body part thing in a little uh, like a temple thing. You have to go get mm-hmm. that. That ending produces, uh, at least to another ending, where, like, Kuro survives um, and Sekiro survives, and he leaves with the Divine Child from Senpo. Mm -hmm. And says, like, there's more adventures, let's go. Let's go find the dragon. And then it says, the end, question mark? It doesn't. (laughs) And that leads directly into Sekiro to the Miami connection. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. And like we were saying yesterday, uh, there's going to be DLCs about Lady Tomoe, you think? And I well, was okay. saying maybe this they leads go in- into it. And I was saying, yeah. why are you interrupting me? Mm. So you were saying perhaps there's going to be a Lady Tomoe DLC, and I was saying perhaps that ending um, leads into a DLC when we recorded yeah. this part of the yeah. podcast yesterday. Yeah. They make a big deal out of Tomoe um, 
basically like the events of Sekiro roughly already happened. Like prior to that, there was Dragon Rot, and there was a Divine Child, and like um, the sculptor was the Shinobi with the one arm who gives into his bloodlust. The Doctor was Dojen. Uh, like. Lady Tomoe was, uh, like, a samurai, and, like, they all sort of have, like, the, the older characters or the dead characters in the game are, like, analogues to the current the current people. So, it would be extremely surprising if the DLC did not involve, like, them patching in an item that you used on the Buddha in the sculptor's hut to go back and, like, meet Tomoe and Takaru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Sin. I guess it's all for like the the story. Like we didn't really go into any characters, and like like I said before, I think that the meat is going to be in the individual characters. It's not going to be in like story explained because the story is just like people betray you and there's warrior codes and revenge and immortality and it's like um, fine whatever but you know we're going to talk about the sculptor also Mm -hmm. known as orangutan he's (laughs) he's okay he's he's got his charms um we're going to talk about your favorite I'm meditating here I'm trying to reach enlightenment! <laughs> hey, I'm trying to mummify myself! <laughs>